Today on Locked On Red Wings, Detroit dominates Tampa Bay as they go on to win their home opener. Your Locked On Red Wings, your daily podcast on the Detroit Red Wings, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Lockdown Red Wings podcast. We are your hosts, Brian Fisher and Scotty Bentley. I'm a podcast producer for the Daily JAWWJ News Radio podcast. Well, Scott is a host over at Lockdown Tigers, as well as a freelance journalist for the Detroit News. And today's episode is brought to you by Sleeper. Download the Sleeper app and use promo code Locked On NHL to get up to $100 matched on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. See Sleeper's terms of use for details. Scotty, the Red Wings are back to one and one. After just an absolute, the score, the score doesn't honestly show it, but that was a dominating win by the Red Wings in their home opener. Just good vibes all around from that game. Yeah, they looked great. And there's certainly like aspects of the game, you know, as to why it was a little bit closer than it probably should have been. But um, this really was like they, they were clearly the better team on the ice for like all three periods, like at no point. Did you really? And again, like the game got close and we'll talk about why it kind of got close and whatnot. But even after the goals were given up, like they just went right back to the well and uh, continued to just look like the better team really for all 60. Yeah, I really felt like there was just a stretch during the first period after they score after Tampa Bay was down one nothing, came back and scored to make it two to one and took the lead. I felt like that was the time that the crowd got real quiet. It felt like they had kind of spoiled the home opener. And I was like, oh, no, this is the direction the game's going to head now. Like, all the air got sucked out of the building. All the energy got sucked out of the building. But then, like you said, all it took was a lucky bounce from Alex to bring it, and the crowd roared back. The team roared back. And from then on out, you know, despite the instances in that led to goals against, which we will talk about as the one big detriment to this game, it was all Red Wings all night long. And, I mean, I guess we should probably start we, like, do you want to start talking about top line now? Because let's be honest, that was like the most exciting part of this game. Or do you want to talk about some of the little little news and notes, or should we leave that to the end? No, let's start with news and notes, and then we'll get news into uh, we'll get into the top line. All right. So news and notes. We're recording this on Sunday at twelve thirty. Robbie Fabry was day to day with an injury. They don't think it's going to be long. Second time he's day to day already this season. Once during the preseason, once during the regular season. Now, um, but he is day to day. And they recalled Zach Aston Reese from the AHL just to be a healthy scratch. The Red Wings decided to run 11 forwards and seven defensemen. Uh, if you looked at the starting lineup for the game, that 11, that 12 forward that was missing was from the second line. So players were rotating with yeah. that second line uh, all night long. I believe JT Comfort ended up with taking a bunch of extra shifts. He played 21 yeah. minutes of ice time in this game. Because uh, I think there was times where I saw JT Comfort with Andrew Kopp out there. I, it's Comfort. hard to keep track of. Comfort and Cop were the two that played a lot. Uh, mm. Comfort led all forwards in minutes, like 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 two more minutes than Larkin. <laughs> Comfort had um, he had twenty one, and yeah, even that top line was around like nineteen. And then yeah, Copper had uh, a little bit over twenty as well. So yeah, but yeah it was mostly com- like not even close. Comfort had a minute more than any other forward, and and two minutes more than our top line. So so you yeah, had your centers a lot. You had your second line and third line centers who know how to play wing cycling in right. and out of that empty void on the wing uh, with one another. 
So that's how that played out. Other news and notes, Red Wings got a new goal horn, like an actual, they went back Ooh. to the real horn, not the recording. They finally listened to the fans and it sounded, I, was, I wasn't there, unfortunately, but it's still like through the TV, you could feel like the extra kick that it brought to the arena. Like when it was the recording, it sounded, I never thought it sounded terrible, but it clearly lacked that oomph that the Joe Lewis horn had because that was a real horn. They got yeah. a real horn again. And I mean, it got a it got a workout in this game. Six goals, four plus the you know you win the game, they play it then too. Oh, it was it just it added to everything. This game, the only thing this game was missing was the red carpet walk because of the inclement weather. But like the game itself, it was just like the perfect recipe for a fantastic home opener. And he, like Larkin brought it up too. He talked about the energy in this building was something that he quite had he had never felt before. So it's games like this that really, I don't know, again, second game of the season, the team's one and one, but it's games like this that really make you want to believe that this year is going to be different. It, it really does. The energy was just electric. The team was playing fantastic minus one flaw. Just it. And you, you, you dominated a Tampa Bay team. That's no slouch. Granted, they have goalie troubles right now, but that is not, a te- that is not a bad team. You saw it with Steven Stamkos. Yeah. Well, it's also, and some of this is kind of mitigated because it was the home opener and you're always going to kind of, you know, play ready and, and play riled yes. up in, in the home opener. But like it would have been really easy to after a super hard fought and emotional loss to New Jersey, just kind of like roll over and lose the next game too, right? Like that would have been super easy and they didn't. And I talked about it on Friday, like these interdivision games, I don't care if it's October or April, like are going to be absolutely vital. Like these are these are super, super important. And for a team that everybody in the world has projected to finish ahead of the wings in the standings and in the division to uh, to to take a win against them is, is huge. So uh, I, I give them a lot of credit for not, you know, letting the the hard fought emotional really really close loss to New Jersey, you know, kind of spiral into whatever one two three losses after that because um, that's something that in over the last what five years has been like a pretty <laughs> a, a rather common occurrence you know and we couldn't beat uh, comfortably beat I should say like Arizona the last two years like it's just like there there are situations sometimes. That kind of caused stuff like that. So yeah, I, I thought it was a great win. The goal horn was obviously awesome. Um, they have the 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 clip from without me and Eminem playing after the goals. I don't know if that's a long term thing or if that was just for the home opener or what. But most people seem to like that too. Um, I don't know, man. They, the, the the boys are buzzing. The boys are buzzing. It's uh, it's a fun time to be a Wings fan, and hopefully that uh, that momentum keeps going forward. Because we'll talk about it a little bit at the end, uh, I'm sure. But our schedule this week is a lot of teams that are like, you know, I, I guess I'll call them like fringe playoff teams. Not really Columbus, but like everybody after that is like, a, you know, it's a lot of teams that are kind of in the same tier as you. So can pick up some important wins this week. Yeah, absolutely. And that game against Ottawa the uh, next Saturday is huge Saturday. in that regard in Ottawa. Uh, but Scotty, let's talk about if you're ready. We talk about the top Just line, it, baby. Um, the top line and the aggressive forecheck kind of parlay into one another. Obviously, every line was part of the aggressive forecheck. But I mean, I mean, I'll own up to it. Obviously, again, this is just one game in which we've seen this and it's worked really well. But I was skeptical when they acquired Alex Debrinkit if Larkin, Raymond, and Debrinkit 
would mesh to make a good line. I thought David Perron would be the, the easy choice because of his play style. Unfortunately, it, it does seem like Perron's age is finally getting to him. He's never been a fast skater. That's never been like the great part of his game. And Larkin and Dabrinki can skate, especially Larkin. He looks he looks like he was lagging behind the entirety of the first game. And here in this game, you put Raymond back with him, and that line was just buzzing the entire time. I mean, I feel like we should start off with Dabrinkit first and foremost because it's been a long time since the Red Wings have had a, a, a pure sniper, a pure shooter. I mean, Lalone talked about it in the postgame. Like, that's what you bring Dabrinkit in to do. Shooters find spots to shoot, and they shoot. And a little bit of luck with the assist on the first one. Bounced off Glenn Denning's stick. Then, I mean, like, I was watching live, and I... I it looked like it looked like magic with how it ended up in the back of the net. Yeah. I had no idea what happened, what it hit off of. On replay, it bounced off the ice and bounced higher in the air than it initially was shot over Johansson's stick. And then, of course, in the third period, Dylan Larkin just doing Crapton, Crapton stuff, Captain stuff, man, just absolutely phenomenal on on the forecheck, winning a puck battle in the defensive zone, going down on two one zero to bring it again. He feeds him, boom, finishes it. I mean, Alex Dabrinkit, that's his, he's got four points, including an assist and a goal in the first game. No, assist in this game on Strong's goal. Right. That should have been his goal. It just stopped on the goal line. Uh, and then an assist or a goal in the first game for four points in the first two games. I mean, three goals in two games. Three goals in two games and an assist for four points. Like, he's been better than advertised because right. I feel like the expectations were a little bit dampered because dampened because of the Ottawa season. So it's like it, it this feels like the Debrinket we we saw in Chicago. Well, okay. We're two games in, but like it it is it is like I'm the talking thing about that last I, night. Yeah, like yeah. Last I, night that sure, looked like sure, Chicago sure. Debrinket. I'm just saying like you know, I'm not like anointing 40 is guaranteed, you know, two games in, but like it's it's definitely one of those things where after the preseason, you know, people were like Oh, like he didn't score a goal all preseason like this. You know, he's 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 not what he was. He's not on the line with Kane. He's going to suck like, you know, he's not going to be that like goal scorer. And I, I can't give credit because I, I, I don't remember the, the username. But in the comment section on the Red Wings Instagram, the top comment for the video of Debrinket's first goal was somebody had commented, um, it's almost like scorers score. Would you look at that? And I was like, <laughs> that dude's right. Like, that, that guy is spitting. Like, that's literally facts. Like, it's just, you know what I mean? It, it, it It's, I know it's like a weird bounce, but like, that's what, when you're on the ice to, to score and put the puck on the net, sometimes you're going to get plays like that. And that's why you, you bring him in to consistently get the puck on the net and consistently give yourself opportunities to put the puck in the back of the net, even if it's, you know, sometimes a weird bounce. Well, it's like John Keating said during the first intermission, you throw the puck at, the, you know, you're not going to score if you don't throw the puck at the net. And right. he, did. Um, he got really lucky on that shot because I'm going to criticize Olimata in a little bit uh, over uh, one of his just throwing the puck out of the net uh, moments. But, you know, score, score, man, and they find ways to do it. And that was an op uh, opportunity where Dupree proved it. So three goals, four points in two games. We love the start of the season that he's had. Uh, we're going to take a quick break. And when we return, Scotty, we're going to continue the conversation about that top line because that Larkin and Raymond deserve their flowers too. That entire line was just clicking. It was, that was mm, mm, exquisite. Boys were buzzing. Boys were buzzing. But first, I got to talk to you guys today about Sleeper. 
Larkin scores a hat trick. Red Wings win the Stanley Cup. And if you want to win 100 times your money, play daily fantasy hockey on the Sleeper app. These are all possible scenarios for the season. But to have a chance at winning big, you need to play daily fantasy hockey on Sleeper. As the official daily fantasy app of the Lockdown NHL Network, Sleeper is the top choice for daily fantasy sports, especially daily fantasy hockey. With Sleeper, you can win 100 times your cash in daily fantasy hockey contests. Make studs with studs like Makar, Crosby, Bedard, Daniel Sprong. He's a stud. We've we've seen that the last couple of days. Alex DeBrinkin, Goal game obviously. Goal game player. Not Michael Rasmussen, unfortunately. Not yet. He's going to have a hat trick in on Monday, and he's going to get back to goal game player. I'm calling it now. All you need to do is pick more or less on stats for these stars. Choose stats like goals, assists, saves, plus, minus, and more. You heard me, Red Wings fans. 100 time payout, hundred times payouts on Sleeper, so start paying attention and get your picks right so you could win big. Use promo code LOCKDOWNNHL, and you'll get up to $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions do apply. That's LOCKDOWNNHL. See Sleeper's terms of use for details. Segment two, Locked On Red Wings podcast. Scotty and I are talking about the just exciting win over the Tampa Bay Lightning and the big role that the forecheck and that the top line played. And we want to talk. Let me pull this up because this this it melds perfectly into the conversation we're trying to have uh, about this top line. Did you see, Scotty? I tweeted it out last night, the hockey stat card from the game. Yeah, I saw I, Pat it, at the top. Cat at the top, but the entire top line is at the top. It's yeah. insane. Obviously, Alex Dabrinkit having six, like his, his final score being six in this game in terms of like impact is absolutely insane. If you take away all of his, what is that, production? Yeah, production you is take that. Away all of his production, he still leads the team. Yes. <laughs> That's absolutely nuts. His impact on this game was felt mightily. Two goals and an assist. How could it not be top number one star? I mean, he talked about it in the post game interview with Trevor Thompson. Like this is it, this is more than he could have ever have imagined playing with Detroit, the team that he grew up loving. He said he his favorite player growing up was Pavel Datsuk, which threw me off because I I'm still in this mindset, Scotty. Little tangent here that professional athletes are just older than me. Like I just think of the yeah. You need like, to get rid of that, bud. <laughs> right. And so he's like Pavel Datsuk's my favorite player, and I'm like. He was one of my favorite players growing up. And then I clicked like, oh, he's younger than me by like a year. <laughs> yeah, you, <laughs> need, was, you need to nip that in the bud because that like, is not true. Right. But you grow up watching these players and you always think they're adults and like you never quite. Yeah, no, I get you. It's just so funny. Um, Obviously, Lucas Raymond and Dylan Larkin up there as well. I mean, part of the reason why I think Lucas Raymond in this game had such a positive impact on that top line. And I hate to sound like everyone on the media. Um, <laughs> because everyone keeps saying it, but it's true. Uh, the muscle he's put on looks like it's been helping him tremendously. And it yeah, looks it like looks he's, he good. looks like he has something to prove in these first two games. I thought he looked pretty solid in the first game too, against the devils, but this game, especially, I mean, first of all, uh, was it, a, how do you pronounce the guy's name? The guy he launched into the bench, into the bench, baby. Yeah. Uh, into the Asimon, Asimon. I'm sorry, yeah. guys. I'm really bad at pronouncing some of these names. But he launched him into the bench, and it's like he wants to prove, like, hey, I gained officially 12 <laughs> pounds. I don't know how true that is. You know how that stuff gets inflated. But he looks a lot stronger out there. 
Like I was paying close attention along the boards to see, you know, if he would still get pushed off the puck. And yeah, there were a couple of times, but he was like holding onto that puck a lot stronger than he was last season, again, through two games, but it, it was, it was nice to see. And of course his goal, Scotty came off of just the phenomenal work that Dylan Larkin put in. And, you know, he's just every single year he has that C on his chest. He's looking more and more like the captain this team needs. For sure. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, the biggest thing with Larkin is, man, like, not that anybody ever forgets, but, like, it's – he's so fast. Like, it's, like, it's it's unbelievable how fast he is, right? Like, even the the Debrinket play, right? Like, the, the Debrinket goal, the second Debrinket goal, like, that was that was a rush where he started – like, it wasn't – it wasn't a natural rush. Like there wasn't like nobody back there. He just skated around like the defenseman back and like created a rush just by how fast he is. So, um, yeah, like he, he's remarkable. And I think the, for Raymond, uh, I, I think he, he looked, he looked really, really good in this game. And, mm-hmm. and that top line was, was, was unbelievable. Awesome. Um, I, I think that, the Perron Raymond switch. A, I think you have to go Raymond going forward for the foreseeable future. Um, but B, you know, I think Perron also, like, I, I just don't hate the idea of Perron down there in like the middle six. Like, I, I, I don't hate that at all. I, I think that uh that he can provide, you know, some depth and and you know, there's some younger players down there. I I, I think that that's like not a bad idea, but I, for me, it's it's not even necessarily like speed for Perron. It's just like what they were asking him to do on the top line. Like on that's the, true. They were asking him to be like, like the the, the pass first guy, and he's not. Yeah, well, it, pass first, yes, but even more so. Like, <clears throat> excuse me, he was the pass first guy, but he was also asked to be like like last year's Sunquist. Like they were like, yeah, just go in front of the net and like wreak, wreak a bunch of havoc and really like make your presence felt in the corners and stuff. And it's just like, he's like, he's not, not big enough to do that against other teams. Like, you know, same roles, like guys that are in the same role on, on opponents teams, especially good teams. Um, I, I just thought the role that they were asking of him from, from pass first to, you know, what he was doing off the puck, just like didn't really ever fit in with the style of player that he is. Um, and not that Raymond is, but I think that they don't, like they're that that top line with those three is so talented that um, I don't know. It, it's kind of just feels it's so fast that it kind of just feels like it's impossible for it to not work out. Yeah. I mean, I think Perron is really strong in the corners and on the power play. I actually haven't hated his usage. I don't like him being the net front guy, but I like him as the puck retrieval guy behind the net because he really excels at winning those puck battles. So I think on the power play, he's done a really good job of keeping plays alive after like failed attempts, failed shot attempts, because he'll go behind the net and he'll keep possession. I like his usage in that manner, but he's also, I mean, we texted about it. He's also a shoot first guy. He, he had a bad game in this one. He, he really did. He, he did not look stellar. Yeah. He, he and cop, in my opinion, didn't really have a great game. Um, but that's neither here nor there. We're trying to keep it positive overall. Uh, he just, um, you know, him on the top line one, he's too slow. I think, unfortunately at this point, still a really good player. Like you have to find his role and his role is put him in the circle where he can shoot because he'll score from there. Yeah. Um, but he's also a shoot first guy and you can't put him with Larkin. Who's also a shoot first guy. Well, I'm sorry to bring it. Who's a shoot first guy. And then Larkin who can do a little bit of both, but 
takes plenty of shots. I think Larkin had seven shots in this game. Mm-hmm. Uh, putting him, putting Raymond with them, who can keep up with the speed, but is also a pass-first guy who can feed Larkin and can feed the Brinkett, I think that is going to mesh better in the long run. The only, again, the big problem is going to be whether or not he can get, be strong enough long-term in those corner battles. But last night, it worked out great. So, yeah, absolutely. Uh, we had to take another quick break, but when we return, there's so much we got to talk about. We haven't talked about like all the other lines. Uh, we haven't talked about the defense. We haven't talked about the things that didn't look great in this game. Uh, and we still have to talk about the fact that they're playing Columbus today by the time you're listening to this. So all of that in segment three. Stay tuned to Lockdown Red Wings. But first, I got to talk to you guys today about eBay Motors. Wrong one. There we go. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices that you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home the win. Keep your ride or dive die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. eBay guaranteed fit only available to U.S. customers. Segment three, Lockdown Red Wings podcast. Well, the top line was definitively like the best part of this game. I thought for the most part, a lot of the other lines showed up as well, especially I'm really liking JT Comp for Scotty. I was a little nervous when they signed him to a similar deal to Andrew Cop. that again, through two games, I'm just hype after a really good win. So I know I can get a bit, a little bit hyper hyperbolic at times, but I was a little bit nervous after the Andrew Cop deal last year and you know how that was a really slow start that maybe we'd make the same. I won't, don't want to call it a mistake because I don't think Andrew Cop was a mistake. He just was coming off injury, had no, you know, uh, preseason or training camp. But JT Confers looked really good. He looked really good in the preseason. He's looked really good early in this game. He's rewarded with his first career goal uh, with the Detroit Red Wings on a nice tip from a more insider shot. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I, and the biggest thing, again, like not only did he do that, but we talked about earlier, he got a ton of ice time. Um, mm. He He's like the definition of a, of a two way forward. And I, and I just think that he is exactly the type of non top line center that like Eisman wants in this organization. So I think that he's looked great. I, I think he's looked really great. He gives you a, a look on special teams. You can put him with anybody and his style is going to translate. Like there's a lot of versatility in that, that again, if you're going to roll 11, seven, sometimes like versatility and forwards is very much needed. Like he he really does give this team like kind of everything they need, uh, like you know jack of all trades type of uh, player. Uh, yeah, I, I think he's looked fantastic. He he was one of the guys um, that I was really excited about in, over the summer that a lot of people were obviously. And uh, yeah, I think so far, you know, two games in, <laughs> he's looked pretty darn good. And, and while I don't think that cop had like the best game in the world either, I mean, he ate big minutes too, because he brings a similar type of versatility that uh, JT Comfer has. I, I mean, cop was put in like any moment yeah. where they needed 
defense desperately, Cop was on the ice. Like Cop was, you know, late in the fourth, right when it was a one goal game, and, and Tampa late went six on five. Like Cop went on the ice. Like Cop was was very much just like the you know what we need defense right now. Get get out there, bud. And uh, I, I think that he did really well in that role. Obviously, we're we're a lot of people look at the offensive production, but. Well, I mean, like you said, like, I'm not gonna be too hard on cop because he was put in obviously JT Comfort put in the same positions played really well. Cop was eating big minutes with this team. So I'm not gonna be too critical on him of of a guy that they asked to do a lot in this game. I mean, I think Dylan Larkin, your captain who granted only had to play on one line only had 19 minutes of ice time. Meanwhile, cop and Comfort, who are your second and third line centers had to take up double duty on the wing. Uh, ended up playing more minutes than him with 20 minutes and 21 minutes of ice time. Also, no, Clem Costin only had nine shifts in this game, 541. So the Red Wings were essentially playing with 10 forwards because Clem Costin did not see the ice that much. Right. Um, I really liked, guys, I really think I might have underestimated Christian Fisher, um, what he He's brings to the table. He is he is the dog of this. He team. is a dog like, like that is that that is the way to describe him i'm not even just like being me like he's literally a dog like he 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 he's physical he's grimy like goes into corners unbelievable four checker like he is he, he is an absolute dog and i love him yeah i he was he had 15 shifts in this game for 11:53 of ice time and I, I he had one shot, zero goals, zero assists, plus minus was zero. So like you look at his baseline stats, you think, oh, he didn't do much. But every time I saw him out there, like you said, Scott, he was in the corners, he was hitting guys, he was racing for an aggressive four. Like we talk about the aggressive four check. Like he was one of the guys who was I was always like, wow, he is being really aggressive on the four check. And I I felt like that impact was felt on the ice. I mean, we talked about how last year this team was so soft. And a lot of you think a lot of these acquisitions might have been to bring a little bit of an edge, especially to the offense. Christian Fisher, I mean, he's bringing that 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 uh, presence. He was, I thought, he was really good in the game. And granted, I want to say this as a caveat before I say this: he only had ten minutes of thirty six seconds of ice time at even strength. So when I say he led the team with an expected goals for percentage of ninety percent, know that that's also on significantly less amount of ice time than anyone else, save Clem Costin. So, yes, he led the team in expected goals for percentage and relative, which is quality shot attempts at five on five when he was on the ice. He did end with almost 12 minutes because he's on the PK every single time. So, yeah, but this is just at the time. This yeah, is yeah, I know. I'm just saying, like, he, you know, he he added a, <clears throat> a couple minutes of special teams play and the PK, I thought, looked pretty solid, yeah. too. So. Yeah, absolutely. And, he, and obviously here, I'm just trying to say that in his limited ice time, he had a big impact. And I, I love sure. seeing that from uh, Christian Fisher. Where is he at on hockey stat card? Hopefully this, yeah, he had a positive impact. No negative impact for Christian Fisher. He's like middle of the pack. Uh, again, limited ice time, limited yeah, impact you can, you can make. Fourth no, line, you take it. No negative game score composition for him. Just positive for him. Um, I'm talking too long about Christian Fisher. Just overall, I really love the aggressiveness, the four check. We've seen this now in two games. This is, it's surprising to me, Scotty, that this is the kind of the direction they're heading with this team. Uh, because Derek Lone is such a defensive-minded team coach. I don't know if this is intentional or the players are just hyped up, but the forecheck the last two games has been incredible. Uh, the Devils kind of figured out the way around it, and they took advantage of it. The Lightning, not so much. The The big pro to this is in the offensive zone, you're forcing turnovers, you're getting a lot of chances, and it showed Red Wings outshot the Lightning 42-25, to which is just 
insane. When I, I'm trying to think of the last time the Red Wings not just had 40 shots, but almost 20 more shots than their opponent, especially one of the caliber of the Lightning, who I know are a little bit older now, but are still very good with their four. about 30 going into the third. Yeah, it was insane. They had, Yeah, they had over 30 by the end of the second period. I, I know that definitively because they talked about it. And Dabrinkit had five shots. Cop had three shots. Larkin had seven. Raymond had five. Sprong had six, which, by the way, your boy, he's been a great acquisition through two games, too. I'm just I'm, saying I'm, Sprong for heart. I'm just, just saying. It out there. Just I'm saying. Just throwing it out there. Uh, I mean, even Jake Wallman had three. I love the aggressive, aggressiveness of this forecheck to create opportunities. But there's one major downside to playing that aggressive, and that was the odd man rushes going back the other way which is what led to four goals against. Right. And I know a big part of the conversation is immediately going to be going, looking at Huso with his 840 save percentage in this game. And yeah, I think there was at least one goal that Huso should have had. <laughs> there seems to be in every single game. Um, but it's a, it's a direct consequence of, of an aggressive forecheck. A lot of guys go deep for the puck. If they don't come out with the puck successfully, it's an odd man rush going back the other way, three on two, three on one. Uh, two-on-one, stuff like that. And the Lightning are too talented of a roster in terms of shooters to be giving them that kind of opportunity. And and it, it it's exactly what happened in this game. And I think I, I don't want to solely blame the defense, but there were a few defensemen in this game who I was like, oh, this is the, the pairs are going to continue to be a problem until they can figure that out. Well, yeah, you know, the <laughs> the aggressive forecheck I love. I, I mean, yeah. I've, been on this show for what two and a half years now and like i feel like i've been complaining about a lack of a four check for about two and a half years dump so. and change baby dump and change <laughs> i'm all right i'm I'm glad that we're finally like i you know i i can't believe we're here you know i wake up every morning and i go wow i'm you know my hockey team is aggressive on the four check it's a miracle um but that being said it, it definitely led to a lot of odd man rushes and just rushes in general um, and and that is why this game was even as close as it was, despite the fact that the Red Wings were pretty comfortably the better team. I think um, I, I'm with you. I am not going to put I, I just I feel like it's like so our reputation now and I don't want to go yeah. down that rabbit hole again. But like I'm not going to put like a lot of the blame on Huso. like it was consistently like rushes and being left out to dry. Yeah, uh, I, and like I'm not so going to expect him to you know, make again, like what I agree with you, the, the Stamkos goal, you should have stopped the, like, it's hard for me to be like, Oh yeah. Save every single high danger opportunity. Like, you know what I mean? This isn't one of the premier goalies in the NHL. So um, yeah. And, and again, to your point with the defense though, the one way you can like somewhat mitigate and like combat that would be if you had speed on the blue line and like one of your pairs respectfully is Sharon and Petrie. So like you don't have speed on that, you know, when that pairs on the ice. So um, yeah, it's, and that's, you know, that's not to say that it, Cider certainly had a couple of uh, flubs in this game, him and Wallman. So like, I'm not saying it's just all on them, but if you don't have a, a pair with at least half of that pair, having some speed, you have the, you know, if you play really aggressive on the four check all year, you're going to, have that ability to get kind of cooked on the back end. Yeah, and, and like, to be fair to... You can't... With how aggressive... To go back to what I was saying originally, right? Like, with how aggressive that forecheck was, it's going to lead to odd man rushes going back the other way. So when teams score on odd man rushes, you can't really blame the defense. They're at a literal numbers disadvantage, trying to do everything yeah. they can. 
But like you said, having speed would help mitigate it. And I mean, I liked what I saw from Sider and Wallman offensively. But obviously, like you said, there were some, and even the the game scorecard, if you believe in advanced analytics, say defensively, they were a negative in this game, but they were such a positive offensively that it completely offset that negative. Right. The which kind of matches what you see. I mean, Wallman had a, was on a two on one with Joe Valeno, <laughs> couldn't finish, but we digress. And Moritz Setter obviously had an empty net goal, which helps boost those numbers at the end. Half a second left, um, baby. half second left, just a complete dagger. And I'm not trying to say they had a bad game. I think they had a good game overall, but they can, they, they are talented enough as a pair that they can kind of offset any errors that they make earlier in the yeah. game is what I'm trying to say. Whereas the rest of the pairs are so, especially when you're running seven, it just constantly changes. And I don't necessarily think that any one defenseman had a bad game in this one. It's just about finding that chemistry. I mean, Petrie did some things that I like. I mean, he laid a couple big hits, which is the presence you want him to bring. But also, you know, he gets walked. Same thing with Sherratt. The Olimata goal, which I thought was, you know, as much as I praised the Brinkett for just firing a puck at net and luck taking hold, Mata got, uh, felt pressure on the blue line with Hagel coming at him. And what's he do? He just fires the puck because he, he's under pressure and he wants to get rid of it right into Hedman's skates. Hedman, Hagel sees this, breaks towards the ice. Hedman feeds him. Boom, it's a breakaway, and he scores. Where I think it was with Sherrod at that time, I think. I'd have to double-check on that one. I should have double-checked beforehand. I think it was with Sherrod on that one. Why was Sherrod not cheating back to center when he yeah. saw Hagel break, when he saw Olimata under pressure? Not completely sure. I also am not a professional hockey coach, so maybe that's not the play to do there. But I... That was one of those moments where you're like, okay, these pairs obviously outside of Woolman and Sider have a lot to work to do. That being said, Ghost Despair loved his play again. Love Ghost Despair. He's a dog. Well, and like I think that that might be one of the reasons why he's on third pair because, you know, if you're going to be an aggressive on the four check, he's not going to be on the blue line. Yeah. <laughs> he's he's not. So if you're going to be aggressive on the four check, you're going to leave one defenseman just completely hung out to dry if they have an odd man rush the other way. So. I think that that might be kind of strategic. Um, he he played more minutes than like Petrie in this game, which I appreciated. I, I said after game one that that was going to drive me nuts. I think he had way less than Sherrod still. But uh, regardless, I'd like him to see him get a, a little bit of a more prominent role. But I kind of understand, like, you know, if if you uh, put all your cookies in one jar, whoever, if it's Hall, whatever, uh, you're, that guy's really going to be left out to dry yeah. if, uh, it, you know, if there's a turnover. Um, and I, again, I, I'm not even trying to say that the defense played bad. I, I don't think they did. They were just, no, I don't think so either. Again, it's just rushes. And like, that's not necessarily like, oh, it's, it's the, not their fault. Yeah. Right? It's not the defenseman's <laughs> fault that there's a rush. Like that's just comes with the territory of, of playing that, well, that uber aggressive forecheck with the exception of like bad pinches, in which case that was, yeah, yeah, of course, fault. of course, what I'm just trying, the point I'm trying to get across here is like, there's still, they still got to figure out what the best pairings are for the best chemistry. Yeah. Um, and it might take a little while for them to get there. Anyways, Scotty, um, oh God, we're 35 minutes in. We still got to talk about who's and we got to talk about the Blue Jackets. Uh, we already talked about who's okay. Yeah, you're right. We did. Everything's happening so fast. The one thing I had about who's is that there was one goal I thought he should have had, and I think that was the Stamkos odd man rush that yeah, the Red came back that. to cover. It's they took away. Said. Did I? Did I? Okay. Yeah. You all said right. it. I said it. We said it. All right. All right. Cool. cool, 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 cool. <laughs> all right. Calm down. Slow down, Brian. <laughs> we're good. Columbus? I think that's it for this game. We talked about Fabry and everything. Yeah, I mean, Columbus Blue Jackets, man. I don't have their page up. Man, I'm slacking right now. Here, talk about them as a hockey team. Who do they have? What do they got? 
What's going on? <laughs> Who do they have? Well, they are a hockey team. No, I mean, th- this is like obviously a team last year that was not very good. And going into the game, the even though the Wings are on the road, uh, I would imagine the Wings are going to be favored in this game, rightfully so. Um, how's Mr. Hockey doing? How's Johnny Hockey doing so far? Uh, so far, he's got t- two assists. That's it. Okay. Well, let's keep him off the board. Boone Jenner with three goals and an assist through. Uh, yeah, three. I was gonna say Boone Jenner leading the leading the team in pretty much every offensive category so far. Go um, get this though. They lost to the Flyers but beat the Rangers. That sounds like the Columbus Blue Jackets right there. <laughs> Let me tell you. Uh, yeah, man. I, I I don't know. Like this is just like still not a very good hockey team. I think they're going to be better than they were last year. Um, but like that doesn't. I don't know. That that doesn't. Uh, Oh, Boone Jenner had a Hattie over New York, so there's three. That'll goals. help. Um, yeah, I, I just like th- there's not really too much preview. Like they, they've only played in what two games as well, so um, we, we don't really have like a big enough sample size to talk about them and like how different they are from last year. But this was not a good hockey team last year. You took a big step in the right direction. If you play even half as good as you have in the first two games, this will not be a competitive contest. And I hope that that's what happens. Yeah, I agree. Uh, this is also a team that is already battling key injuries to their lineup. Uh, Zach Wierenski's out, uh, I believe, for like a couple yeah. weeks. <clears throat> I'd have to double check on that exactly, but I remember seeing him out. Maris Linkus left the game with illness against the Rangers. Uh, so whether or not he'll be healthy on Monday is up in the air. If I was a guessing man, I'd say he probably will be because hockey players are freaks. Yes. Uh, who was it last week who puked in their helmet? Oh, yeah, dude. I, I don't remember who it was either, but I saw that. It was a goaltender, but it wasn't Merzlinkis. Another goalie who was sick, and I'm drawing a blank on who it was, literally did not get pulled until he vomited inside his cage. Yep. Absolutely. Goalies oh. especially are weird. Uh, yeah, goalies <laughs> are weirdos, dude. But this is a game you should win. Like, you're going to Columbus, yes, but, like, the Blue Jackets aren't a good team. And if you want – we talked – feels like I'm, I'm parroting what I said last year, right? Like, good teams beat bad teams. Yeah. And obviously, this is hockey. The Rangers learned that lesson just the other day, losing to the Blue Jackets. But the Blue Jackets are not a good team, especially with the mess they have going on behind the bench. So if you're a good team and you want to prove it, you go there and you ha- handle your business. You come out 2-1 and one to come back home for a game later in the week against the uh, Pittsburgh Penguins. Like, this is just – this is a must win in my books. I know it's only game three, but, like, you handle your business against teams that you deem – you view as inferior – now, that's us viewing that. I know them as a hockey team are, are never going to view any particular team as inferior. They're going to go out and try their best. But that's just <laughs> me as a Red Wings fan. I don't think the Blue Jackets are nearly as good as the Red Wings right now, which is nice to say. Feels it's been like it's a while. Feels like it's been a while since we can say any team isn't as good as the Red Wings. But this is a team you should beat. Agreed. Which, of course, means. Might uh, might be the first game of no Huso. Yeah, you're right. I mean, Huso's gotten back-to-back starts. But at the same time, like, Huso's your starter. You keep running him out there, right? Yes, but they also, like, their big point going into the season was, like, we don't want to burn him out because he was so bad at the end of last season. And that entails not starting him a month straight to start the year. Yeah, I agree. I, I That's going to be interesting to see. I think and you're right. Columbus. Like, and I know that I could have pie on my face and we could lose and put, you know, play lion. And then I look like an idiot, but like, it, it'll it, probably be Reimer, but like, look, like, yeah, I agreed. I, I'm just saying like you, you play New Jersey, Tampa, Columbus, and then your next two games are Pittsburgh 
and Ottawa and then Calgary. Like, where in that do you play not who so? Columbus. Like, I think that's a pretty prime spot for that. Yeah, no, I think you're spot on with that. Uh, anyways, predict your goal score. Uh, I mean, Daniel's wrong. <laughs> You've been right so far. Uh, I'm going to change it up because I've been wrong so far. I'm going to say, I'm going to go JT Comfer. Okay, I'm putting a million dollars on Michael Rasmussen to score now. Right, that's that would <laughs> that would track. All right, Scotty, we were way over time. Yeah, that's what happens when the Red Wings play aggressive and play great. We we got to break down a lot. Anyways, yeah, got any final thoughts? We ball, we ball. We we'll back with a new episode tomorrow, recapping the game against the Blue Jackets. So stay tuned. Same time, same place. It's your team every day. Every day.